Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. And happy Friday, the day after the smoke clears on several major stories that broke in Washington, D.C. Perhaps the most dramatic was the release of the Robert Herr report into Joe Biden's mishandling of classified information and then how Joe Biden responded to it. I, I'm going to say this. I, I watched the Joe Biden press conference live last night before I went on Sean Hannity's show, and it was the closest thing I have seen in my nearly four decades as a journalist, to the Richard Nixon 1973 I'm Not a Crook press conference at the Associated Press Managing Editors event. At the time that Richard Nixon said, I'm not a crook in the midst of the Watergate scandal, most Americans had seen enough evidence to know or to believe that Richard Nixon's protestations that he wasn't a crook, that he hadn't done anything wrong, that it just simply wasn't true. Last night, Even before Joe Biden opened his mouth at the press conference, most of the Americans, 76% of them in a Monmouth poll, Monmouth University poll recently, believed that Joe Biden was too old and too mentally incapacitated to serve a second term in the White House. That's the polls results, not my opinion. And then Joe Biden got up and much like Richard Nixon said, my memory's fine. And then within a few minutes, he showed new proof that his Memory wasn't fine. He was telling a story about his son Bo's death and the rosary that he keeps with him from his son's death, and he couldn't remember the church. He said, Our Lady of, and then it just froze. His memory went blank, just like what Robert Herr claimed in the report. And then a little while later, in the same press conference, he mistook the leader of Egypt for the leader of Mexico. About the third or fourth time in a week that Joe Biden has messed up the names and identities of world leaders he's supposed to be dealing with as the leader of the free world. He twice in this past week claimed he had met with leaders of countries who have long been dead. Think about that. Long been dead. And then last night, he claimed that President Sisi was the leader of Mexico. He was the leader, of course, of Egypt. So in so doing, he not only did most people, when they heard the words, my memories find it and believe it, Joe Biden did something Richard Nixon didn't do during his press conference. He actually gave fresh proof that the allegations against him were likely true. And I think it was one of the most extraordinary six to seven hours of history 
that affecting the future of the presidency that I've seen in a long time. At the end of the day, Joe Biden is going to have this Robert Hur report linger over him for many reasons. One is the declaration that he simply has diminished faculties. That's actually what the United States government in the form of the Justice Department in the form of special counsel stated in the report. They called his memory hazy. They called him elderly. They claimed he had a weak memory. Those are extraordinary statements from official government criminal investigation and the outcome. And beyond that, there's also the behaviors, plural, that are described in the report. Joe Biden knowingly and willfully kept classified information. He told his author he had it. He had conscious statements claiming he was aware he had classified documents in his home. His ghostwriting author destroyed tapes that would have had substantial evidentiary value to the criminal investigation, much like what happened between Oliver North and Fawn Hall during the Iran-Contra scandal. But that author wasn't charged. President Biden knowingly and willingly shared the classified information with his ghostwriter. Joe Biden knowingly and willingly misled the American people when he said he didn't mean to mishandle classified information. He did, according to this report. Joe Biden kept in his possession sensitive classified information about sources and methods. The thing that gets spies killed when it is exposed. When people like Snowden were in possession of sources and methods information, they got a red notice from Interpol to round them up. Of course, Snowden fled to one of our adversarial states, Russia. But the extraordinary moments, the extraordinary actions that Joe Biden and the team around him have, and the fact that none of them will face an accountability beyond the shame of this report suggests, like many of the people I talked to on the TV show last night, that this is going to once again be exhibit A in the dual system of justice that we all have. Now, beyond that, there's a political millstone that's been hung around Joe Biden's neck, an official government report basically calling him an old, doddering, incompetent, mentally diminished man who has the keys to the nuclear weapons. And I think a lot of people look at that and go, how can that be? How can that be? And the answer is, a lot of people don't know. They're very concerned about it. All right, another thing I want to address today, a story we broke last night. It is getting lots of attention. In the middle of this drama of the Robert Herr report in the Joe Biden press conference, we received some documents in our lawsuit with the Southeastern Legal Foundation from the pseudonym emails that Joe Biden was using. And these emails are really quite important. They are now official records of the National Archives that com officially confirm that Joe Biden routinely used his private email account, at least the one known as Robinware456 at gmail.com, a Google Mail, not very secure, to conduct official business of the White House. That includes receiving speeches, getting drafts of speeches, sending news articles that he wanted to discuss with his senior staff. And then the second thing he did is he routinely CC'd or copied Hunter Biden, Bo Biden before his death, and James Biden 
unofficial communications with the White House, basically looping in his family, giving them visibility to issues inside the White House that should have been reserved to White House employees. That is not in dispute any longer. And all we got were 60 emails, less than a thousand pages in total of the more than 82,000 pages of pseudonym emails that we now know that the National Archives possesses because Joe Biden kept using private email all through his vice presidency. It's very important to point out that when Joe Biden did this, much like when he took the classified documents home from his vice presidency or from his Senate tenure, that the rules told him he should do something else. He showed a reckless disregard for the rules. Why do I say that? Well, because nearly all federal agencies prohibit, including the White House, prohibit government employees from using private emails to conduct federal business. The reason they do that is to ensure compliance with the Federal Records Act first, and secondly, to make sure that the security of the email systems can't be penetrated by our enemies or by hackers or by bad actors in the world. In the aftermath of Hillary Clinton's email scandal, there was an important State Department report, I think it was written in 2019, and it, it described why secure email systems are so important. Quote, the use of a private email system to conduct official business added an increased degree of risk of compromise as a private system lacks the network monitoring intrusion detection capabilities of the State Department's official networks. We got these documents because of our good friend, Kimberly Herman, the executive director of Southeastern Legal Foundation. That's a public interest law firm. We work with them on numerous lawsuits like this one. We've produced some of the most important groundbreaking news documents in, in the last four years with our partnership with Southeastern Legal. I'm so grateful. And you're going to hear from Kimberly Herman tomorrow about this. But we broke this story overnight, and it really has three key things. The first, as I mentioned, is Joe Biden used private email for official business, even though he wasn't supposed to. Two, he looped in his family, including two members who were constantly peddling for business in adversarial countries like China and Ukraine and Russia, James Biden and Hunter Biden. They were being looped into official White House communications. That seems to be a breach to most people. And third, the National Archives is making clear to Just the News and Southeastern Legal Foundation and the entire American public, they intend to withhold much of the information in the emails that they have between Hunter Biden, his business partners, and Joe Biden. There were several emails in this batch already fully redacted or partly redacted under various claims. We're going to have to sue and litigate through all of those claims, but the National Archives, which oftentimes has felt like a protection racket for Joe Biden, clearly trying to prevent the American public from seeing documents that they possess, that Joe Biden turned over the archives because he thought they were government records. The archives is not letting us see them. And I think that's the third most important part of this. Now, tomorrow, Senator Ron Johnson and Kimberly Herman are going to talk about this story extensively. There are some really important ones. I want to have one little fun anecdote from what we found in there. I think Barack Obama might want to take a look at these pseudonym emails. Why? Because it looks like Joe Biden from time to time used his private email to pass along scurrilous, unflattering information about Barack Obama. There's a great example in this batch. It wasn't redacted. That was interesting. But in this batch, there is an email that Joe Biden, using the pseudonym account, RobinWare456, sent an email 
containing an unflattering news article in Political about Barack Obama that suggested that Barack Obama's ego was too big, he was too arrogant, he maybe he couldn't change. He sent it to Tony Blinken today, the Secretary of State, then the National Security Advisor to the Vice President. So <laughs> I guess apparently Joe Biden was dissing Obama behind his back. That's important because Barack Obama is supposed to be out campaigning for Joe Biden in re-election in a couple of weeks. But that's an important one. And one of many things that these emails show. We're going to get a lot more emails fighting for every one of these alongside of Southeastern Legal Foundation and alongside of Congress. But we wanted you to see this and get up to speed on it right away. We're really grateful for that. All right. We've got a stellar, great show for you today. We've got a really, really great show. At the top of the hour, Alan Dershowitz is going to help us walk through everything that happened yesterday. The Robert Hur case, the perception, if not reality, of a dual justice system, and some of the other very important developments of this past 24 hours, because I think all of these have had really, really significant impact. And also yesterday, don't forget, we had the Supreme Court case on whether Trump can be kicked off the ballot. That's Colorado's efforts. Alan Dershowitz is going to referee that. And in the second block, we're going to have Liz Harrington, the national spokeswoman for President Trump. She'll react to the rulings, the her, the Supreme Court arguments, and also the fact that President Trump tonight is giving a speech on the Second Amendment in Pennsylvania at an NRA-sponsored or NRA-connected event. Liz Harrington will preview that. Also, President Trump's big win in the Nevada caucuses where he was uncontested by any major candidates. At least there were some minor candidates. And then Congressman Burleson is going to join us from the great state of Missouri. He's going to give us an update on why there is growing investigative scrutiny of Joe Biden's whole-of-life insurance policies. By the way, Hunter Biden had a whole-life insurance policy, too. Was that a backdoor for enrichment? Well, Congressman Burleson is going to tell us that in the third block of the show. So we got a great show. Alan Dershowitz, Liz Harrington, and Congressman Burleson. Back to back to back. We're going to get to commercials in just a second. But before we do, I want to shout out my good friends at Hillsdale College. As you know, they have an incredible number of courses. One of those is taught by the incomparable Victor Davis Hanson, whose podcast is here at Justin News. Victor Davis Hanson, one of the greatest thought leaders in American history, one of the great conservative thinkers. He is teaching an online course at Hillsdale College called American Citizenship and Its Decline. He explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it's facing today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class. We know about that from the economy, right? The disappearance of our borders. We know that from the southern border crisis. And the growth of an unaccountable deep state, which we saw from Russia to Ukraine to even the Justice Department's behavior the last few months against President Trump and President Biden. And, of course, with the Double World Economic Forum and other efforts, climate groups and things like that, we're seeing a rise of globalism that threatens American sovereignty. And so VDH, as I call him, Victor Davis Hanson, my good friend, great partner here at Just the News, he walks through all of these issues and ties them together. It's self-paced. It is entertaining. It is deeply enriching. And you can go attend this course for free. That's incredible. Free. How do you do that? Well, all you got to do is go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews, hillsdale.edu slash justnews to get started. Go check that out. Go give a big shout out to my friends at Hillsdale College. And of course, embrace the brilliance of the one, the only, the greatest story and the great thought leader, Victor 
Davis Hansen. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, right off the bat, Alan Dershowitz analyzing all the history from last night. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of Pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't. You'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. And the one and only Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law Professor Emeritus, author of 50 books, uh, Getting, uh, Getting Trump, my, one of my favorite. I just love that book. Alan, great to have you here. Um, I just want to get your top line first on Robert Hur. Robert Hurd made the same mistake, I think, that uh, Comey made. Uh, special prosecutors should be giving one-page releases saying, we've looked at the evidence, and based on the criteria of the Justice Department, we've decided not to prosecute. They shouldn't be issuing books. And I have to put some blame for that also on Merrick Garland, sure. because he obligation to publish the book. Uh, that's within his discretion. It was a political decision. Now, if he decided to withhold the book, Obviously, that would have political ramifications as well. But this may determine the presidency of the United States, much the way the Comey decision may have determined uh, 2016. I think that this gives President Trump and the Republicans a great gift. Um, you know, the campaign slogan is simply going to be, do you want to vote for a nice old man who has memory failings? Is he the one you want to confront Putin and other great crises that we have in America? I think this is going to hurt his campaign and even conceivably may, this is just hypothetical, may result in a decision by him not to go forward. Who knows? But uh, this is a, a very bad day for Joe Biden. Yeah. 
Definitely. Well, and, and this is mishandling of classified documents in the past when his mental capacity was as, assumedly better. Uh, and so we've got to talk about the future of, of that type of uh, mental capacity. If he is too enfeebled, per special counsel Robert Hur to stand trial. And Alan, I know you've always said, you know, you have defended President Trump's uh, ability to be on the ballot so that you can vote against him again. But if he's too enfeebled to stand trial, isn't he too enfeebled to run for office or be in office? Well, that's going to be the argument. And, you know, voters are not voting for who they think will be the best president. They're voting against who they think will be the worst, the worst president. This is an election between people with both with lots and lots of negatives. And we'll see whether this negative, and it's a very substantial negative, has a big impact on the election. The other argument that Heard made makes no sense at all. It's true that Trump didn't cooperate, even though he said today he did. So charge him with obstruction of justice or make that an argument on thing. But there's no obligation to cooperate. My clients generally don't cooperate. If the government's out to get you, I'm not in a cooperative mood for my clients. I do what's best for my clients. I'm not interested in helping the government or helping prosecutors. And it should never become a criteria for prosecution, whether or not you cooperated or didn't cooperate. The issue is, did you or did you not commit a crime? And are the crimes that Biden committed and the crimes that uh, Trump committed comparable or are they not comparable? That's the decision that should have been made. Yeah, such a great point, Alan. Uh, there is an element here that's missing from uh, the Trump indictment, and that is that Joe Biden not only kept and willfully kept classified information, he gave it to somebody who clearly wasn't entitled to have it, the ghostwriter for his book. That's a different act than President Trump's even accused of. Uh, in your mind, is there a criminal act here that's just being waved off, or do you like the final decision not to prosecute Joe Biden? I like the final decision not to prosecute Joe Biden if it was followed by a prosecutorial decision not to prosecute Donald uh, Trump. Remember, Trump also waved a piece of paper, we don't know what was on it, right. in front of a journal and said, I could have declassified this, I didn't. Um, you know, that was, br- that was you know, bragging and typical Donald Trump. But again, right. uh, does that distinguish the case from somebody who actually either gave or told the person it was unclear from the report right. what what it was but improperly gave access to classified documents to a person who was not qualified to have those documents as a ghostwriter by the way i suspect many many former office holders have done the same thing uh, yeah. i think they took the classified material to help them with their biographies and they give the material to uh, ghostwriters, and the ghostwriters probably handle them uh, discreetly. Um, But uh, you can't have two different laws for similar acts. You have to have one single standard of justice. Yeah. That's so important. Alan, I wanted to ask you, you know, Robert Hur obviously issued his opinion on this, um, but it was 350 pages or so. There is a quote that I... I'm not sure if it originated with Ronald Reagan, but it's definitely attributed to him. If you're explaining, you're losing. Um, and there was a, a large amount of this dedicated to explaining why this is not proof of a two-tier justice system. Was that necessary? And do you think that affects his career as a, as a special counsel or prosecutor? I don't think it was necessary, and I think it should affect his career. He should not be explaining, you know, why um, he, defending the criminal justice system. That's not his job. His job is to make a single decision. Is there sufficient evidence 
And is it a likelihood that there'd be a conviction based on the evidence that's available? That's the beginning and that's the end of his job. He shouldn't be writing an essay on why there's a single tier system of justice, which is controversial. You know, look, I've been studying criminal justice 60 years. I do not think there's a single tier system of justice. That's why I wrote my book, Get Trump. Obviously, when two New York elected officials run on the platform of promising to get Trump and they know they'll lose re-election if they don't get Trump, is that a single tier system of justice? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Sir, with all of the facts now in evidence, we now know what Jack Smith thinks is the best evidence against President Trump. We know what Robert Hur thought the best evidence against Joe Biden. In your best assessment, that's 60 years of extraordinary work in the court system. Do we have presidents being treated equally or unequally? And could that affect the outcome of Trump's trial? Without a doubt, uh, they're being treated uh, utterly unequally, particularly in New York and particularly in the classified material. But I also think that the two cases involving January 6th, the D.C. case and the Fulton County case also, that would not generally have resulted in criminal prosecution. Uh, president Trump, who was president at the time, urged his followers to protest peacefully and patriotically. Right. That doesn't rise to the level of a crime and is protected by the First Amendment. So, no, I don't think there's any basis for prosecuting Trump for any of these crimes. In my view, there's a good basis for voting against him. There's now also a good basis for voting against for voting against Joe Biden. And I think a lot of people there will be saying, is there a better basis for voting against one or against the other? This is not going to be an election that people are going to run to the polls enthusiastically saying, I want this candidate to win. More likely, they're going to say, I don't want the other candidate to win. Yeah, yeah good point. All right, Alan, I want to switch gears to the issue of insurrection and whether it precludes a candidate from being on the ballot. Obviously, this morning, a lot of us watched some pretty fascinating arguments uh, before the Supreme Court regarding President Trump's case. Uh, interesting arguments from both sides. I, I actually found it pretty fascinating, the line of questioning by the three liberal justices. And I know they say that don't judge questioning and use that to predict an outcome. But I'm asking you to predict an outcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I disagree with you fundamentally. We did not hear an interesting argument. We heard interesting from the justice. The arguments themselves were boring, incompetent. They didn't understand the room. Uh, they were B minus with great inflation arguments. Let's take one minute. <laughs> argument made on who's going to win this case overwhelmingly, probably nine nothing. His lawyer decides to focus on the least relevant part of the 14th Amendment, the part oh, yeah. that says both houses of Congress, by a two-thirds vote, decide they can rescind a disqualification. That's never going to happen in a million years. And he makes that the focus of the argument. And as one justice said to him, do you think that's even possible? And he had no answer. It was a really bad argument. Okay, so you make a bad argument. You hear an hour of argument. Then they give you your last five minutes to rebut. He comes back to that argument. Not a single justice was interested in that argument, yet he's going to be a hero because he's going to have won the case. But I guarantee you, not a single one of his arguments that he made today is going to be considered by the court. He will win the case despite his bad arguments, not because of them. So this was not yeah. a good argument. This showed off lawyers very badly. It showed off the justices quite well. I think the American mm -hmm. public got justices who were much more prepared, much smarter, 
and, and much more able to get to the essence. This was a great day for the Supreme Court and a terrible day for Supreme Court uh, uh, lawyers and litigants. Yeah, I came away with the same thought uh, that the arguments were weak, but the justices got the conversation focused where the law needed to be. Um, There's a lot that Americans are going to take from this day. This is a pretty historic day, I think. And I think you're right that the politics fallout from hers report may be more important than its legal fallout. But are Americans taking as a process all these little bits of information coming through the news, your brilliance, all those things? Are they beginning to take that this isn't the America we're in? We don't prosecute our foes. Uh, we don't try to knock them off the ballot. We trust the American people. And someone in Washington doesn't want to let us do that. Is that beginning to seep into the American populace, you think? I hope so. And I think the big losers today are law professors. So many law professors filed briefs, uh, and they all pretty much were on one side, all against Trump, because, of course, and they wrote op-eds and they wrote articles. And almost every one of them got it wrong. Professor Lawrence Tribe got it wrong. Yep. Um, so many got it wrong. And I think when you see a 9 nothing decision trashing these academic arguments and trashing these uh, briefs that were filed by these professors, it will tell you what's going on in legal education today. It's not education. It's propaganda. These students are being taught that the law is a certain thing. And then the Supreme Court is saying, no, no, your professors got it all wrong. So I hope this will be a very bad day for professors and academics who write these advocacy briefs on one side of the issue. I think yeah. they will be reviewed along with uh, some of the lawyers and op-ed writers and, and uh, wow. commentators on some other stage. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Congressman Eric Burleson from the great state of Missouri will join us. He's going to us, bring us up to speed on a very important angle, a potential backdoor for enrichment that is now a focus of the impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. It's involving insurance policies. We'll have the latest right after this. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. 
Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org justnews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org justnews. Welcome back, America. We're going to stay on that topic of what is a really historic day in the United States House, an impeachment article vote on uh, Alejandro Mayorkas and his tenure as the Homeland Security Secretary. Republicans have been making the case for several months now that Mayorkas abdicated his duties and put the American people at great risk. One of those who is voting for uh, uh, Mayorkas's impeachment is joining us right now. He's Missouri Congressman Eric Burleson. We're always glad to have him on the show. Sir, good to have you back. Great to be back. All right. So you support the impeachment of Mayorkas. Tell us what went through your mind, what you hear from constituents, why this makes sense for you. Yeah, I think my constituents wanted this to happen months ago. Yeah. Um, they, and, and I did too. Look, it's one thing to be an imbecile in your job. It's another thing when you, when, when you're Mayorkas, who is not an imbecile, he's a, what I, w- I would call an evil deceptive genius who has used his role um, to circumvent and subvert the laws of this nation. And look, John, the laws on the books today make it very clear he has to have operational control of the southern border. That's a mission that he was given. That's not the mission that's given to the president. It's a mission specifically and responsibility specifically for his role as as the cabinet member. In addition, um, this individual has passed numerous measures that, that, that have created this catch and release policy when he knows that he's required to detain individuals according to the law. He does not have the option to release. And so I think that it's, there's overwhelming evidence that he's violating the law and helping other people continue to violate the law as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, and Congressman, you know, the first article is the one that mentions systemic, but the second article, uh, breach of public trust, there seems to be a systemic element to that as well. And the systemic element to me is uh, obfuscation and deception, because the reason for that second article is because he sat there and lied to the American people and said that the border was secure. The fact that he sat there and was able to say that with a straight face, knowing that it absolutely was not true, that seems like a systemic issue to me, if not in Washington as a whole, but at least this administration. You're right. And, you know, when he comes in front of our our committees and he swears an oath that he's telling the truth and then completely violates that. Look, this we have to be a nation that respects the rule of law. We have to respect, you know, some form of order. And when you have someone like him who ignores the laws, tries to circumvent them, goes in the opposite direction, really to the detriment of the United States, making us vulnerable to all these terrorists that have come through our southern border. And then he lies to Congress, you know, that he perjures himself in front of Congress. In my opinion, it's enough that that the guy ought to be impeached. 
Sir, I want to talk about the other historic thing that happened today, less than 24 hours after Senate Republicans unveiled a um, what they call a border reform bill. A lot of people don't think it is a reform bill at all. They sounded uh, the, uh, the bugle of retreat, which was really remarkable to me. Um, your reaction first to the bill and why you think Senate Republicans so quickly pulled it. Um, I don't even understand why why Langford and others went on this wild goose chase in the first place. The laws are pretty clear. A lot of our discussions amongst conservatives is why do we want to pass anything when the Biden administration basically treats these laws like toilet paper? He's completely ignoring it. So it, and you know we kind of came to the conclusion unless you do certain things like. The, I believe so. I'm a sponsor of one of the bills that Josh Hawley originally authored, right? On the House side, and that bill says that if the federal government isn't doing their job, the states have the authority to step in and do theirs, which would empower Texas to to uh, to do what what Greg Abbott is has been doing. I think that's the only way for us to be able to fix the situation with this current administration, with President Biden, because he clearly will ignore the law. Whatever, we could pass a pristine bill, um, he's gonna ignore it. So why would Lankford and others go down this, this rabbit trail of trying to find some kind of accommodation, some level of compromise, uh, when, when I don't think there's even, there's, it's not needed. The laws today, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna have laws in place, the laws in place today, in my opinion, are pretty good if you actually follow them. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Sir, I want to shift gears to the work that you are doing on a different committee, on the Committee on Education and the Workforce, this uh, College Cost Reduction Act. Um, it, I, I'm not saying this as a blanket statement because it's not true 100 percent of the time, but I always find that people who are the newest members of Congress seem to put forth the most common sense legislation. And maybe that's because <laughs> you were most recently in private life employing common sense. Um, but talk to us about how this bill works. I mean, it's so incredibly necessary. We have seen college prices absolutely skyrocket in the last 10, 20 years. Why is that and how does this help? Yeah, this, um, you know, if we're going to continue to fund, look, look, if if we weren't involved, it would be one thing. But because the federal government is providing so much money to these colleges, we are, I mean, as you know, government spending causes inflation. And we are doing that at the collegiate level. So I think that there's, if we're gonna to continue to provide all of this funding, we, we have to become fiscally responsible with the dollars that are being spent. And what this bill does is it first prioritizes um, those universities that are, you know, it's a merit-based um, incentive program. And it incentivizes universities to, have an, to make it clear upfront what the total costs for a particular program are gonna be. So that hopefully these students don't go down a path of becoming a, um, you know, a social worker know, and then know that the total bill is gonna be $120,000 so they can make 40,000 a year, right? Yeah. It, at least it might help some, some fiscal sanity occur at that decision level. Yeah, 
It's so important to so have smart. that sanity. Yeah. So I want to turn to something uh, you broke on this show a couple of weeks ago. People have not stopped talking about it. I know the oversight committee's digging into the records. Um, the life and whole of life insurance policy that Hunter Biden's uh, own bank records flagged. We were able to find evidence that uh, President Biden had one as a vice president. Uh, this seems like an avenue for uh, understanding maybe how the Biden family used ways to enrich themselves. Uh, what's your prediction? Where will this lead? What, what information do you think the oversight committee still can get to help resolve the issue? Yeah, I, I think that, and I continue to have been pressing on staff to, 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 to follow this, this trail because um, from my, my time in my industry, that was, we, you know, we always took these anti-money laundering, um, you know, classes right. as an investment advisor. And, and one of the, one of the tricks that uh, cartels and others will, will use is to overly fund these policies and then you, you're able to take loans out against them. And you know the insurance company doesn't care because they're they're not going to have to worry about making the um, the death the death um, in a, you know payment. Right. But um, it's still a way to be able to sock away money, let that money grow tax free, and then anyone who has access that can take a loan against that account can do so at what interest rate that they determine. And so when it it, it also makes me wonder if. There's some association with, with these checks that are being sent from Jim Biden and Hunter Biden that say loan repayment right. in, the, in the memo line. It makes me wonder if this is what it's referring to. Yeah, it's such an important thread of evidence that you, uh, you really discovered, sir, and deserve a lot of credit. We're, I know a lot of people are working on it. Uh, your prediction, where will the Biden impeachment process end? You know, sadly, I think that, um, you know, if we could come up with the votes in the House, it would be very difficult. We have a very slim majority. Um, but, I, don't, I, you know, I think the Senate, with its, with its makeup, is probably not going to fulfill, yeah. is not going to actually prosecute the president or remove yeah. him from office. But I do think, in my opinion, I think Biden is already, uh, I would vote to impeach him today. All right, folks, we got a good one ahead. Liz Harrington, always candid, always straightforward, the national spokeswoman for President Trump. She'll be on the show to talk about tonight's speech in Pennsylvania and the Nevada caucuses. And, of course, the extraordinary day at the Supreme Court and in Robert Hur's investigation. All of that had a big impact on the presidential campaign. We'll have that next. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit 
is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Welcome back, everybody. Normally, as a journalist, I will never make a prediction, but I'm going to break my rule tonight. I will predict that President Trump is going to win all the delegates in the Nevada caucuses. Oh, it's not a big prediction because he's the only guy in the caucuses. Of course, he's going to win. But it's been a remarkable week for President Trump. First, because of the extraordinary loss that uh, his lone competitor suffered in the Nevada primary, losing to none of the above. Yes, that's what happened to Nikki Haley. And now, because he's so far ahead in South Carolina, he'll be 4 no soon, it looks like from the polling data. Joining us to explain all these dynamics, including a big speech tomorrow at the NRA, is President, uh, President Trump's national spokeswoman and our good friend, Liz Harrington. Liz, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, of all the things that have happened this week, and there's a lot of really amazing things, I think losing to none of the above by more than 30 points is uh, unprecedented in American political history. Uh, what is it for Nikki Haley that's left to be in the race for? <laughs> That's a great question. And President Trump, of course, said it best, like she's soon to declare victory after losing <laughs> again by historic margins. Right. She's gotten crushed uh -huh. by over 30 points in Iowa, got crushed in New Hampshire, and now she gets crushed by none of the above. I mean, does it get any lower? It's the perfect encapsulation of how disgusting the old ways of politics were before President uh -huh. Trump. That's what they're clinging to, hundreds of millions of dollars, and yet the people want none of the above. <laughs> they only want President yeah. Trump. They want to make America great again. Let's get to the business of the American people. That's right. what this is about. And she's just been completely exposed. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Well, and, and Liz, it's bearing out across a number of crosstabs that I don't think anybody expected to see. President Trump is up over Joe Biden with Hispanics, I think, four or five points. He's up over Joe Biden in the youth vote by, I think, three points. 
How how does President Trump take those two those two crosstabs in particular and run with those and try to expand that margin? Well, you have to remember also these are public polls that are never slanted in our side's favor. They they never are, yeah. and so to have these types of numbers is unheard of for a quote unquote you know standard Republican candidate. Of course, President Trump is not one of those. That's why he gets these numbers. He's a common sense guy. He's a true leader. He's irreplaceable, indispensable leader of the greatest political movement in American history. Uh, That's how he's getting these numbers and how he expands them is to continue exactly what he's doing. I mean, people know him. They know what he's accomplished. but They also know It doesn't have to be the way it is in our country right now with no border, with no uh, energy independence, with these endless wars, with a corrupt establishment that is running this nation into the ground. People want safety, security and sovereignty. They want peace and prosperity. They remember what it was like under President Trump, and they know it's going to be even better when he returns to the White House. That appeals to all voters from all across this nation, and he's going to be going into all different parts of this country, spreading that message and just making it very simple. How do we give the power back to the people? How do we use common sense and make this country great? It's very simple, it's very attractive and it's going to win. Yeah, I think the bigger headline out of Nevada is not only that Trump will be three and or that Nikki Haley lost so badly, but uh, in Nevada right now, President Trump is up quite a bit. And there is when you look at the coalition, you see that Hispanic thing, uh, group moving his way, black voters moving his way, small business moving his way. There is something in the data of Nevada that I think speaks volumes about what's going on in the rest of the country. Uh, what are the dynamics in the next few months where uh, President uh, Trump can keep moving those constituencies in his direction? It seems like these little five minute videos he does where he's very substantive are really starting to sink in with people that he's got a plan and Joe Biden doesn't even have a full sentence to say. (laughs) Exactly. Can't put two words together. President Trump is not just speaking for the people. He's listening to the people. He's giving vision for the people. He's talking about, I mean, one of the big themes he's been hitting on lately that I'm sure has not gone unnoticed from you guys is that he's talking about something that's very fundamental but important. Our nation's capital is destroyed. It's unsafe. It's filthy. It's disgusting. And how can you do business for the American people, which is the entire purpose of government to protect our personal rights, our property, our border, very simple stuff. And yet you're in a city that has descended into chaos. It's so dangerous and it looks terrible. He's talking about rebuilding that city. That is something that is a real vision and we know it can be done. We know it must be done. And think of if the founders, if they looked at the state of our country right now and what has happened to it, they would be so appalled. And President Trump is giving people a vision for what he's going to do exactly. And they believe him because guess what? It's a man of his word. He came in completely from the outside and got into office only to do one thing, to make this country great and to get the job done. That We've got unfinished business. He's getting back to work to do it. And that's what we're going to do. And that's something that no other candidate is offering or even talking about. Yeah. 
Uh, no Liz, 30 it. seconds before we go, for President Biden, in light of what came out in Robert Hur's report and the pretty rocky repercussions as far as his mental capacity, does he continue to run a campaign from a basement? Does he try to get out there and prove the report wrong? Or is it the nuclear switch where they take him out and put someone else in? You know, I think they just gave the signal. They just said, get out or else. I mean, this is pretty blatant. You have your own Justice Department that's already do your bidding and trying to arrest your number one political opponent on fake trumped up charges that you yourself are guilty of. And now they're telling you, oh, never mind who's actually running the country. Joe Biden can't remember when he was vice president. That's definitely a signal and it's not looking good. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Thanks for joining. A big thank you to Alan Dershowitz, Liz Harrington, and Congressman Burleson for some pretty robust, big, scoopy stories. Tomorrow, be sure to tune in. We'll dig in more with Senators Ron Johnson and the head of the Southeastern Legal Foundation, Kimberly Herman, on that big scoop we broke this morning on the pseudonym emails of Joe Biden. Until then, be sure to go over to hillsdale.edu slash justnews, hillsdale.edu slash justnews, and go sign up for the free course on the decline of American citizenship from my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, have a great night. God bless you. And be sure to check out justthenews.com. We got you covered with breaking news day and night. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens.
jump into the ring here, you're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. 